Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the second hour of the program. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. The amount of extraordinary national buzz that Stacey Abrams gets is really remarkable. Stacey Abrams is in uh, 2022, the media's darling, making up for their white guilt of ignoring her in 2018 when Beto O'Rourke was running in Texas. Stacey Abrams is this year's Beto O'Rourke. She's the Black Beto. I mean, she, you can't deny it. She is uh, this year's Beto O'Rourke. The media loves her. They put her on the cover of every magazine. They put her on television all the time. They do everything to her they did to Beto O'Rourke. Now, the reason is because in 2018, Stacey Abrams did not get the money that the press now says had she gotten, she could have beaten Brian Kemp. I don't think she could have. She. It's not that she came close to beating Brian Kemp in 2018 in Georgia. It's that she came close to getting into a runoff wherein Brian Kemp could have beaten her. But Beto O'Rourke consumed so much money because of so much press coverage in 2018, favorable press coverage, that uh, he lost to Ted Cruz. And Andrew Gillum in Florida barely, I mean, within a percentage point, barely lost to Ron DeSantis. And Stacey Abrams almost got into a runoff in Georgia. So the media feels guilty. Andrew Gillum's not running again. He's had his his fall, but Stacey Abrams is. So the national media is obsessed with a single gubernatorial candidate in the state of Georgia out of guilt. Well, there is some new news about Stacey Abrams we should discuss. Fox News is reporting that a Stacey Abrams link group has partnered with Atlanta Public Schools on anti-voter ID lessons. It's also Stacey Abrams group is funded by George Soros. Here, here's the report. Atlanta Public High School students were asked to attend a democracy class hosted by the New Georgia product, Project, a voting rights group founded by Stacey Abrams with the help of George Soros that aims to flip the state of Georgia blue by registering young and minority voters. Atlanta Public Schools teamed up with the New Georgia Project and rocked the vote at the beginning of the school year last August to launch a voting rights-focused lesson plan for roughly 2,000 high school students called Democracy Class Atlanta. The lesson plan obtained by former Senator Kelly Loeffler's group, Greater Georgia, through an open records request and shared with Fox News, taught students that voter identification laws are restrictive 
and make voting more difficult and that policies limiting flexible voting options like mail-in voting restrict people's freedom to vote. The lesson plan also promoted policies that increase accessibility and eligibility to voting, such as allowing people with past criminal convictions who have paid their debt to society to vote. In announcing its partnership with the Atlanta Public School District last year, the New Georgia Project said it was proud to educate and inform the state's youngest voters. Atlanta Public Schools Superintendent Lisa Herring said at the time she was thrilled by the partnership. Atlanta Public Schools concluded the Democracy Class Atlanta curriculum by treating students to a concert co-hosted by AMB Sports and Entertainment, the parent company of the Atlanta Falcons, outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. New Georgia Project CEO, um, I have no idea how you pronounce the name, has made it clear the group is trying to turn young voters into activists. In August of last year, she said the group was targeting Georgia residents who live in the swingy, who are the swingiest voters in our country, such as a disenchanted Black Lives Matter activist, and turn them into super voters. Now, we got to get into the curriculum here. This actual curriculum designed by Stacey Abrams' group intends to teach high school students who are about to be young voters that the the election reform law passed in Georgia is voter suppression and restrictive. You know, ironically, multiple independent outlets have said uh, Georgia's voter reforms had the perverse effect of making it easier to vote in Georgia. That's not what Stacey Abrams would have you believe. Outside groups say it actually cleaned up the process in Georgia, streamlined the process, made it more uniform, and therefore made it easier for voters to understand. You've got uh, now drop boxes in Georgia, which you did not have except for the pandemic. With the pandemic over, the drop boxes were going to go away. Georgia now has drop boxes outside boards of elections where you can drop off votes. Georgia now has a guaranteed Saturday and a guaranteed Sunday for early voting. Georgia has 19 days of early voting. And by the way, you can cast your absentee ballot now and it can't be thrown out based on your signature not matching your voter registration card, which you could have signed decades before. Now all you got to do is put your driver's license number on it. But Stacey Abrams' group thinks that's all voter suppression. Now the remarkable thing here is that a school system has allowed a political group, a clear political group, to come into a school system and indoctrinate the kids. This reminds me of the PE teacher in Cobb County, Georgia, during Valentine's, who decided to show first graders a video about same-sex attraction. It's schools are public schools in particular, are at the forefront of indoctrination of kids. Now, why? This is important. There's a growing consensus among educators, and they don't want to say it out loud. But educators increasingly believe that the parents have screwed up. You're not allowed to blame the parents for their kids. But let's be honest here. There are a whole lot of kids who are going to school in broken homes, and we're asking teachers to try to educate a kid whose dad is gone, 
whose mom is rarely home, who's got younger kids that the older kids are having to take care of and, and who may not have eaten. And we're throwing them in the public schools and we're telling the teachers to teach them. And by the way, if they don't do well, you, the teacher, are going to get punished. It's kind of remarkable to me that we are in a situation now where public school teachers have been turned into not educators but bureaucrats who are expected to make kids do well on standardized tests. And if the kids don't do well, the teachers get punished. That's not a stable education system. It doesn't make people want to go into teaching. But also, if we're honest, a lot of teachers, not all, but a lot of them, particularly in progressive areas, they've given up. They no longer think it's worth teaching these kids how to read, write, and do arithmetic. Instead, they want to indoctrinate the kids into the ways of the world. And the ways of the world are always racist and bad. They have embraced woke indoctrination, critical race theory. They say it's not taught in schools, yet it's pervasive. You know, so why do they say it's not taught in schools when it comes up so much? Because no one is actually teaching kids critical race theory in schools. You got to follow along with me here because some of you, I can, I can feel it in the force. You're upset with me for saying that, but you're not thinking clearly here. They are not teaching critical race theory in schools. What they are doing is they are using critical race theory to shape the curriculum of all the other subjects. No one's going to a class on critical race theory. They're going to a history class that has been pushed through the filter of critical race theory. So your kids aren't getting what critical race theory is. They're getting history through a critical race lens. They're getting English through a critical race. They're getting math. This is why uh, math is now subject to social justice. This is why, for example, in math, uh, you can't have Betty and Bob as as the kids in your in your written word problem. You've got to have ethnically appropriate names so the kids feel like they're represented because some of those kids, they don't care about Betty and Bob. And also, where teachers want to explain that two plus two could equal five in somewhere else, and it's okay if you think it equals five instead of four because in, in your background, given your education, if that's your truth, it's okay. They've given up on teaching. So they'll bring Stacey Abrams' group in in Atlanta, a, a, a school system that is notorious for all of its problems, including the cheating scandal from several years ago where people went to jail. During that scandal, Kids were doing poorly in some schools in standardized tests, and so teachers literally got together and started fixing the standardized tests before grading them. They started improving the kids' scores on the standardized tests because, you know, otherwise, I mean, the, the schools would get penalized for being a failing school. So they cheated so their school wouldn't fail. People went to jail for it. Now they're bringing in Stacey Abrams' group to do indoctrination, not education, but indoctrination. They're taking something that's subjective and saying it's objective. You notice how the left does this these days, that things that should be objective are now subjective, and subjective things suddenly become objective. 
So objectively, there are two genders, male and female, but subjectively, no, I mean, we, we could have 35,000 genders. Take something that's subjective, that uh, Georgia voting laws actually penalize people and make it harder for black people to vote. And suddenly that's objective. Of course, you're not allowed to disagree with it. Turn the world on its head. This is happening around the country. Schools have given up, public schools in particular. But, you know, it's not just public schools. Some very rich, woke schools are out there that are private schools. There are a lot of private schools out there who have embraced wokeism. Woko Haram would otherwise come for them. And they're scared of the wokes. So they've embraced it as a faculty and an administration. I, I mean, you, you see this all over college campuses now, the pro, pronoun games and the like. And it happens because a lot of these people have given up on actual education. And the problem here is that we're going to move forward in a society with more and more people who got out of a public school and they got indoctrinated. They never got educated. And they're going to be the employees of the kids who went to good schools who did get educated and those employees who are woke are going to resent like hell that they got to work for someone who actually knows what they're doing. It's like I tell my kids all the time, they may go to a small school, but they're not learning common core. They're learning real math. And one day other kids will call them boss and then we'll riot. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, I want to go to Lee. You're going to be up next. Welcome, Lee. How are you? Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I've been a substitute teacher in Fulton County and in Gwinnett County, and every year it gets harder and harder to go back. I feel like it's just so ridiculous how skewed everything is. For example, um, September is Hispanic uh, Heritage Month, and they spend all month just featuring, you know, all of the left-wing Hispanic leaders, you know, like, yay, uh, Cortez, woman, leader, wonderful. I'm sure she's a role model for plenty of young Latina girls, but, you know, think about how much influence Senator Cruz has over uh, our country, and his name's not mentioned, his picture's not shown. It's, right. It's just so ridiculous how skewed it is. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the majority of statewide elected officials in this country who are Hispanic are Republican, and, and they never come up in, in these situations. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then don't get me started about the the dress code. They don't enforce it at all. Kids are walking around. You see their navels, their belly buttons with with piercings and jewels and stuff in their belly button. And I talked to a principal and they say, we do not enforce dress code. I'm like, that is very sad. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it really, the, the discipline issues in some of these schools, and it just seems like so many of the bureaucrats within education, even more so than the teachers have given up and they're, they've they're totally given up. They've drank the Kool-Aid and if they didn't drink the Kool-Aid, they would just have to quit. If they, yeah, they, they really, they want to drink the poison if they didn't it. drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Um, it, it's, they would want to get out of the system. So they're, they're now indoctrinating they instead of educating. So now you as a substitute, what do you do when you get in the, in, in, and substitute now? I, I remember when I was in school, the substitute teachers actually tried to teach the class and, and over time now, it sounds like more and more that it's kind of like a day of babysitting. That's exactly what it is. Um, but, for example, they have these, like a homeroom 
stop and think. Sometimes they use it for counseling. I remember when it was, um, you know, they'll, they'll take time to use it as political thought time, basically. Like, they'll ask questions about, you know, do you think so-and-so should be elected to the court or something like that? And then they just lead the kids in these questions, and they agree with them, and it's, it, it has no place. Yeah, you know, I, I'll, I'll look. I appreciate the phone call very much. I'll, let me let me let you go there. I'll just tell you the story my dad told me um, when he retired, um, or no, I guess he hadn't retired yet. So we, when we lived overseas, my dad would work offshore in the Persian Gulf for seven days, and then was home for seven days. When we moved back to the states because of the Gulf War in, in the early nineties, um, my dad would actually fly back overseas uh, for twenty eight days, work offshore for twenty eight days, and he'd fly back to the states for twenty eight days. And during that time off, I think he, he started substitute teaching on occasion at uh, the public school where I graduated from and was at an elementary school, um, was at the elementary school and a fight broke out on the playground. It was a bad fight. And he looked at two of the teachers who were just standing there sipping their drinks and said, don't we need to go break up this fight? <laughs> and one teacher, Miss Lowry, looked at him and said, oh, no, oh, no. They'll, they'll take care of each other and there will be two less students we got to worry about. <laughs> Just very matter of fact, you know, let these kids beat the snot out of each other and then they'll go home, each of them for a week and have two less kids to have to worry about as opposed to trying to break up that fight. Um, it's sad we're in this situation. It is. Uh, we, we got a collapsing society around us and everybody wants to blame the teachers you talk to the teachers, they're like, it's not us. So we got kids coming to school uh, and, and they can't focus. They're hungry. They're they're from broken homes. They got gunshots keep them up all night. Uh, and, and we're to blame because they can't learn to do math. But there are a segment of the teaching population and in the, the academic bureaucracy is like, well, that is the situation. So let's just give up teaching and at least we can indoctrinate them along the way. They may not pay attention to how to do their math problem, but we can teach them about oppression. And that the reason there are gunshots at night is because we're a systemically racist nation. They're just, I mean, we're ruining our future through public schools. If we want to improve America, maybe we should ban the public schools and give all the parents money so their kids can go to private schools. Maybe, possibly. I mean, let the market fix itself. But this this government school monopoly, I think, is just deeply destructive to the future of this country at this point. All right, we got to move on. I'll take more of your calls when we come back as well. 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Oh, wait until you hear about the border. Hello, it's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be on the show, 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Eric's been waiting very patiently. Eric, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, just had a, just a quick thought that crossed my mind while I was listening to you. Uh, speaking to the refugees from Ukraine, 100,000 of them being allowed into the United States. I was just thinking about how our southern borders open, you know, like an open faucet for immigrants and Democrats don't mind taking however many. And I started thinking about voting lines. I'm thinking conservative countries in Eastern Europe have a tendency to vote a bit more conservative, and they're only allowing 100,000 refugees come in versus the southern border who come in first generation, second generation, voting more democratic I just find that fascinating. Just wanted your input on it. 
Yeah, look, um, let me play this audio uh, while, while I keep you on the line here. This is CNN this morning. New this morning, U.S. officials are scrambling to prepare for a record-breaking surge of migrants attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border this spring. In a CNN exclusive interview, the chief of Border Patrol says he is bracing for a staggering 8,000 apprehensions a day. 8,000 apprehensions a day. Uh, and this comes, by the way, as they're getting rid of the Trump requirement for people to stay on the other side of the border. Uh, the, the progressives have demanded this. Now, what's so interesting here is that Hispanic voters are loathed to see an unsecured border. But now couple that with a couple of other things. Eric, I don't know if you heard there was a, uh, a media report the other day of Ukrainian refugees trying to come across the Mexican border seeking asylum in the United States. There were also some Russians who tried to come across all, all this in the press. And our media tends to not play up those stories. They'll they'll mention them a little bit. Uh, they don't want to play them up because that would uh, emphasize just how porous our border is and that you can get up here through Mexico pretty easily. That then raises questions about terrorism and the like coming into the country. But we are going to have 100,000 uh, Ukrainian refugees come into the country. They're going to be processed. They're going to be spread around the country. And at the same time, we're looking at 8,000 arrests a day on the border with Mexico. And those are the arrests. They're going to be a lot more captured. This is an unfathomable situation on the southern border uh, at a time where we actually need to figure out our refugee strategy, which we apparently don't have a good one. And it's, it's not going to be a stable situation for the United States. When the Border Patrol, this is from, uh, where is it, the Washington Post. When the Border Patrol runs out of capacity and agents are too overwhelmed to process migrants and conduct patrols, authorities have reverted to releasing large numbers of migrants, asking them to report to Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Such releases are viewed as a major incentive for migrant smugglers and are unpopular in border states. An internal email sent to senior ICE officials in recent days warned that authorities are bracing for a mass migration event and urged closer coordination with charities and non-governmental groups that can help shelter and transport migrants after they are released, according to a copy obtained by the Post. Customs and Border Patrol officials in the Del Rio, Texas sector said in a statement Thursday some of its facilities have reached capacity already, but the agency continues to safely process migrants migrants, and detain those who pose a public safety risk. This situation is not going to be a good situation. And the situation in Ukraine is going to get even worse. This is the president of the United States. With regard to food shortage, yes, we did talk about food shortages. And, uh, and it's going to be real. The, the price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. And uh, because both uh, Russia and Ukraine have been the breadbasket of Europe in terms of wheat, for example. Just to give you one example. But we had a long discussion uh, in the G7 with uh, um, the, uh, with both uh, the United States, which has a, as a significant, the third largest producer of wheat in the world, as well as Canada, which is also a major, major producer. 
And we both talked about how we could increase and disseminate more rapidly food, food shortages. Look, um, I, this, this isn't a partisan point for the president. It, it really isn't. He's going to do, whether we think he's competent or not, his administration will do as well as they can in working with American farmers on food crops. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to disparage. I don't want to panic. I don't want to make it partisan. Um, I don't think we're going to have to worry about mass food shortages in the United States, but the rest of the world is going to have a problem. We're the third largest exporter on the planet of wheat. We can restrain our exports for our domestic market, which helps us, but then that hurts the rest of the world. We are looking at a situation of famine around the planet because of what's happening in Ukraine unless the situation resolves itself soon because they are rapidly moving outside the planting season for wheat crops in Ukraine. And the fields have unexploded ordnance and tank blown up tanks. Uh, it is a giant mess. Ukraine and Russia are the breadbasket of Europe, Asia, and Africa. And they're not planning Ukraine. They're not planning wheat in Ukraine right now. That's going to have a problem. It's going to raise and affect prices in this country. Though I don't think we will see the shortages in this country that we'll see in other countries. Uh, bread prices in Lebanon are already up over a thousand percent, which is crazy. It's a deeply destabilizing situation, uh, and it that the wheat. Shortage really is Vladimir Putin's fault. It is not Joe Biden's fault. I, there's so much you can blame Joe Biden for, but this is not one of them. It actually is Putin who's to blame. Uh, Danny, you're going to be the next caller. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Danny, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Uh, short version, I'm very old. I've been politically active since a teenager. I was on the Goldwater campaign. Oh, wow. Uh, could, yeah, I couldn't vote. Um I grew up in Pensacola, Florida, uh, next to the Navy base. We did duck and covers and knew that the Russians were going to target us when they fired. Looking back on that whole situation that I lived through, I discovered that we didn't defeat the Russians with our arms. We only held them at bay. What we defeated them with was information, um, Khrushchev and a group of his people were hosted in the United States, and they showed them farms and this and that. But one of the things that they showed them was a shopping mall in Texas. And one of Khrushchev's entourage asked, who gets to shop here, being one of the elite in Russia, who gets to shop here? Because they saw people everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of our host uh, guides said, all Americans get to shop here. And through one of our own interpreters, we heard the Russian comment to the group was, if our people back home find out about that, we're toast. <laughs> I think right. it, was more col it was more colorful than that. And I'm wondering why we can't defeat this problem the same way we did. We defeated the Soviets with information. We had radio-free Europe, which beamed into the Iron, country, Iron Curtain countries. Sorry. 
Uh, well, and you know, is let, it not? let me let me interrupt you there, Danny, uh, because you know the the Biden administration is trying to defund and wind down uh, those radio stations, and and we used to. So when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I lived in Dubai, and my dad got me a Magnavox shortwave longwave radio. And I could stay up at night and hear the voice of America. And I could hear uh, the American Farsi broadcasts into Iran. I could hear the BBC and the CBC, all the longwave, shortwave radio broadcasts. You could hear airplanes. It was it was the coolest thing. I, I just, I loved it as a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, and to this day, I still like it. Um, I like to look at the stars. I like to take my, if you follow me on Instagram at EW Erickson, uh, I'll put up astrophotography. I love to go outside and look at the stars. And now I've got a giant telescope, got an eight inch telescope and can connect my camera to it. And I will take pictures of the stars and it's just, I enjoy it. It's relaxing. It's one reason I hate the time change right now. So I got to stay up later to do it. Uh, next week I'm home alone because um, my wife and kids are going to be at the beach uh, it was scheduled too quick. Uh, I couldn't take off work. I intend to be up some nights and take pictures of the stars. I just love it. But I also loved when I was a kid and I still do occasionally. Um, I, I can get online now. You, there are shortwave radio, um, websites and you can just pick this stuff up or you can pick up the, the Cuban transmissions to the spies in the U S that they tap them out in very rapid SOS, uh, Morse code, uh, you, you can't even process it, but, uh, the, the spies can, and you hear this all over shortwave radio, but you had the boy radio free Europe and, and you had the, the, um, voice of America and you would uh, broadcast into Moscow. And, and it's so important because, People with radios can get this stuff, and while more and more younger Americans do not possess radios, uh, older people and younger people in these countries still do. And they could pick up these broadcasts, and they could hear the truth. And the Biden administration is scaling them back. And as Internet firewalls crop up, it's hard to get these broadcasts into countries like China or Russia, but you can broadcast on the airwaves, and people can pick them up and share the information. And I think we should. I, I, I think that we should absolutely be pushing information uh, and eco economic data, uh, highlighting how uh, what Russia is doing. We're, we need to bypass the Russian State Information Ministry, which is still calling this a special operation and not a war. And in fact, there's a report out today that the Russians have taken to cremating their bodies in Ukraine to minimize the number of body bags coming back to Russia so people won't see those visuals. It's absurd. Uh, Cindy, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to relate something I happened to hear from a Ukrainian woman uh, this past weekend. I just happened to be shopping, and we just started chit-chatting, and she wasn't from Ukraine, and she's been living here since 1984. They still have family members in Ukraine and Romania and Moldova. And they're really terrified about the situation. They were talking about how, yes, the crops are just destroyed. The, that ground is just devastated from the standpoint of contamination. And she's really worried um, about 
how we are handling it here in this country. I mean, our response to the whole situation. She's terrified of the direction of our country, that we're going to turn like Russia. We are turning communist, and we don't even realize it. We're letting our government take us over and make all the decisions, just like you say, one-sided government. But she was just saying the, the idea of the wheat crops, that's, that's very, very doubtful because it's so contaminated. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. Uh, the, the munitions, the oil, the gas, um, all, all the, the leakages from aircraft, the bombs, the, the, the shrapnel, everything that's in the ground there is going to make it very, very hard to plow And she's so afraid that we're just turning a blind eye with our one-sided media to what's really going on here in the States. We're going to turn into another communist country. Because what you've been talking about, to get it to the other stations, to bring out some of the facts, how do we get it to people that only get ABC, NBC, CBS? Because otherwise, they're not going to hear what's really going on. Yeah, well, you, you know what's so interesting here is is a, ABC, CBS, and NBC. They're they're evening newscasts. Uh, Eastern time, I guess it's six thirty. They. Uh, continue to get the most views, but increasingly Americans are moving away from a lot of televised newscasts and they go online and they get it from their friends. And so it is important for us to talk about this because more and more Americans these days are focused on getting news and information from their friends than from um, newscasts or they'll get their, their information from talk radio shows. We got to pay attention to this stuff and we've got to be able to talk about it uh, and in particular, when it comes to the weed issue and the food issue, I do think as a matter of intellectual honesty as that while we're blaming Biden for gas prices, which I think we can, we should be careful to make sure people understand with the bread prices that are coming, it really is a matter of the Ukrainian invasion. Uh, and I, I, I do take the economists at their word there that that's what it is. And it gives us more credibility, I think, on the gas prices to not blame Biden on the wheat prices, for which Ukraine is chiefly the exporter for the world. Now, I got a lot more to say on this, but I got to go take a commercial time out. Before I do, though, I need to tell you guys about Patriot Mobile. Uh, There's a great company. You want to save some money. They have great discounts. You're looking at cutting back some of your expenses. Patriot Mobile may be a good fit for you. They give great discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder. Uh, You got a large family in multiple lines. You're a teacher. You're an NRA member. Just ask them. And you get free activation with my name. And they give a portion of their profits to the conservative movement. You go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, and you get free activation. You can roll your current phone number over to them, or you can get a brand new one if you want it. Uh, You can also call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service at 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, and tell them I sent you. You get that free activation. Talk to them about the great discounts. They may be able to save you some money, but you will be doing business with a non-woke company that is openly Christian and conservative, and gives a portion of its profits to the conservative movement. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. This out of the program brought to you by First Liberty, building and loan nationwide. If your business wants to grow, reach out to First Liberty. They can help your business where a lot of banks are saying no. They want to help you say get to yes. They've been doing this since the 1990s. They love working with businesses and helping them grow. We're talking big deals, though, $750,000 or more. Uh, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. Nationwide, they can help you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Uh, let me go uh, back here to the phones real quick. Kip, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. This CRCT thing hits a little bit home. This uh-huh. uh, CRCT thing hits a little bit home for me. My child is enrolled at UGA, 
extra third class of the graduate block of elementary education. These are the te- the classes that teach teachers how to be teachers. Mm-hmm. And we're here in March, and they have not spoken one thing about how to teach kids other than if you're a Caucasian in the class, you've gotten there not by your hard work, only by your privilege. That was a class session. Another class session on how to teach reparations to elementary students. Another class on basically how to teach with your conscience if they ban CRCT. And if you don't, if these kids don't respond with their papers fully woke, they just don't make the grades. Good grief. And they're completely trapped by this. And this is the indoctrination they're grinding out uh, at UGA and also one class at Alabama, same exact type of class, graduate class, the same exact thing. You know, it, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, for a time, I thought I wanted to be a teacher until my dad, who had been a teacher before I was born, took me out to dinner and said, son, don't do that. <laughs> um, and I, I, I took a couple of classes in education, and it, it was it was not good at the time. It was all on so much uh, socially liberal academic theory. And, and what I've learned more and more over time is that a lot of people who go to um, school to learn to become teachers they're getting indoctrinated in the classes that teach you how to be a teacher and the people who avoid that you know there are a lot of programs around the country now where people with business or military experience can take like a semester and learn classroom skills to go into the classroom and teachers unions in particular are deeply opposed to a lot of these programs because those people aren't going to be indoctrinated into the nonsense uh, that so many of the kids in teaching school get indoctrinated into and then, of course, let's talk about the expense of going into these school education schools to become educators. It's it's kind of it, the system isn't financially or intellectually stable, and we're starting to see this come out as critical theory raises its head. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down, and now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building? You want to build a building? Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.